kick off tonight, we are actually beginning a brand new teaching series called Mastermind. Now, this series is really special to me because it is inspired by the most recent season of life that I've kind of found myself in. As some of you know, for the past few years, I have been in grad school working on a counseling degree. And I officially graduated back in December. I finished and got my diploma. Thank you. And I can't tell you how good it feels to actually be done with school. But while I was in school, I spent a lot of time studying and reading about the mind. If you know anything about counseling, in order to to be a good and effective counselor, you have to understand how the mind works. You have to understand how people think, how they process information, and how our brain operates. And as I learned more and more about the mind throughout my years of being in school, there was one thing that really stood out to me. One thing that I really just kind of seemed to come up in every single class that I took. And that was just how powerful our thoughts really are. Just how powerful the thoughts that we think really are. You know, our thoughts, they impact literally every area of our life. They have the ability to change our perspective. They have the ability to to change our decision making. They have the ability to influence our, our emotions and our feelings. But what happens when our thoughts tend to become a little overwhelming. We've all experienced those times where it feels like our mind is racing, we have hundreds and hundreds of thoughts running through our head, it feels like we're kind of in this downward spiral, and sometimes it literally feels like we just can't get out of our own head. And so over the next few weeks, we are gonna be talking about our thoughts. And we're gonna be looking at three different ways that we can master our mind. Three different steps that that we can take in order to be able to begin to control our thinking and to begin to overcome these negative thoughts that we experience in life. Because I truly believe this. After all of the the studying and after all of the, the years that I've been in school, I truly believe that if we can change our thinking, if we can change how we think about things, it will actually change our life. And so tonight, we're going to be looking at the first step, the first step that that we can take in order to to master our mind. And it's going to be on the screen behind me. But in order to master your mind, you first have to be able to recognize your thoughts. You have to be able to, to recognize your thoughts. Now, how many thoughts do you think that that we have in a day? Somebody throw out a number. Wow, you guys are really off. All right, from the moment that that you wake up in the morning, from the moment that you wake up in the morning until you go to bed at night, you have a little over 6,000 different thoughts. Some of you are way off, really way off. And if you break that down a little bit further, that means that throughout the course of one hour, at one hour out of your day, you have over 500 thoughts. If you break that down a little bit further, that means that within every minute that you're awake, you have eight different thoughts that cross through your mind. You have eight different thoughts that that come through your mind at least every minute. Now, for some of you, that number is significantly higher. For a few of you, that number is a little bit lower. 
But regardless of where you're at, we have a lot of thoughts that we think throughout the day. And because we have so many thoughts, because we think about so many different things, I think it's important for us to understand how our brain actually works. So for the next few minutes, I want you to, to track with me because we're going to throw it back to, to biology class, okay? Sorry, sorry. Okay. All right. Whenever you have a thought, we're going to see how well you guys paid attention in class. Whenever you have a thought, you have a chemical reaction that, that takes place in your brain. Meaning the chemical makeup of your brain is constantly changing whenever you're thinking. And whenever you think a positive thought, your brain releases a chemical called dopamine. No, dopamine. And whether you have heard about dopamine or not, you've definitely experienced that feeling before. For example, girls, when someone tells you, you like, they like your outfit and you feel good inside, that's dopamine being released in your brain. When the person that you like comments on your Instagram post and you get all warm and fuzzy on the inside, that's dopamine. When your parents, they tell you that they love you and that they're proud of you and it makes you feel really good about yourself, that's dopamine being released in your brain. It's kind of like this legal chemical high that our brain really likes. We wanna experience this feeling over and over and over again, and so our brain, it says to, ourse to ourselves, let's think this thought again. This felt really good, so let's think this same thought again. And the more you, you think the same thought over and over and over, this pattern begins to, to develop in your brain. Chemically, neurologically, this pattern begins to develop. I want you to think about it like this. How many of you remember learning to ride a bike for the first time? Whenever you learn to ride a bike, it's not pretty at first. You were probably a little kid, you had your helmet, you had your knee pads, you had your elbow pads, and most, more than likely, you probably fell. You might have crashed a few times. You needed your parents to hold the seat for you while you were learning how to pedal. But listen, once you figured out how to ride a bike, it literally clicked like that. It's not something that, that you have to think about anymore. It's not something that you have to, to reteach yourself every time you get on a bicycle. And now, even if you haven't rode a bike in, in years, it wouldn't take you any time to, to figure out how to do it. That's because that your, your brain has developed this pattern. It's called muscle memory. But your, your brain has developed this pattern in which it doesn't have to, to think or put effort into to that action anymore. You see, our thoughts, they work the same way. The more you think a thought, the more it becomes a part of your chemical makeup of who you are, the easier it becomes to think that thought again it begins to develop a pattern in our brain. And these thought patterns, they are different for each one of us because they're based on our life experiences, our personalities, how we're made up genetically. And over time, these thought patterns, what they do is they become a part of our everyday thinking. 
so much so that we typically don't even tend to recognize them in our life. But whether you realize it or not, your thought patterns, they influence your thinking. They influence how you view yourself, and they influence how you view the world around you. And although science has played a really pivotal role in the last 100 years teaching us about our brain and teaching us the significance of our thoughts, this is not a new concept. This is not something that's brand new. In fact, the authors of scripture have been talking about the importance of our thought life for over 2,000 years. And the Bible, it speaks very clearly about our thoughts. I want you to listen to a couple of of examples that that we find in scripture about the importance of our thoughts. And these examples, they're given to us by some of the smartest, the wisest, some of the people that we consider to be heroes in our faith. Even they recognize the significance and the power that their thoughts had. In Colossians 3 verses 1 and 2, it says this. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Romans 12, 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 2 Corinthians 10, for although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. Since then, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And then in Proverbs, Solomon, he writes this, for so he thinks... So he is. For so he thinks, so he is. You see, scripture, it shows us that there is this direct connection between our thoughts and how we live. Meaning the things that you spend the most time thinking about. The things that that you spend the most time dwelling on and processing. Those will eventually manifest itself in some area of your life. Because your life, it is a direct reflection of the things that you think about. One of my favorite pastors and speakers, Craig Rochelle, he says it like this. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Let me read that again. Your life, it is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. Now, I really want you to let that kind of sink in for a minute. Because for many of us, that's kind of a sobering thought. For many of us, if people knew the things that we actually think about, the things that that come through our mind, the thoughts that we have on a daily basis, it would not be good. That's not something that we want other people knowing about. And so what do we do? You know, so often I think we try to, to control our behavior. We try to swing the opposite direction. We don't want people to know what we're thinking about and what's in our mind. And so we try to begin to to control our behavior. We try to, to modify what other people see and what other people think about us rather than addressing the, the root issue and what's really going on in our mind. 
But listen, we can only do that for so long. We can only do that for so long because what comes into your mind is going to eventually some point come out in your life. And God, he cares just about, he cares just as much about what's in your, in your mind than he does your actions and your behaviors. And in order for us to live a life that is fully obedient and surrendered to God, we have to care about our thoughts. We have to pay attention to the things that we think about on a daily basis. We have to identify negative and unhealthy thought patterns that we have. We have to begin to identify those thoughts that are not God-honoring and that are holding us back from what God wants to do and through how God wants to work in our life. So for the next few minutes, I want us to, to talk about this very practically. And I think sometimes our thoughts, they can be categorized into kind of three major categories. Most of the thoughts you have kind of fall into these three categories. Number one, thoughts about yourself. Number two, thoughts about others. And number three, thoughts about our circumstances. And for each of these categories, I want to give you a few questions to consider tonight. I wanna give you a few questions to help you begin to recognize maybe some unhealthy thoughts and some unhealthy thought patterns that have worked its way into your mind. So the first category is this, thoughts about yourself. Thoughts about yourself. You know, the thoughts that we have about ourselves are typically a direct reflection of our life experiences. If you look around this room, all of us are extremely different. We come from different backgrounds. We come from different families. We have different parents. We have different values. Each one of us has different hurts and frustrations. All of us have different fears and insecurities. And over time, what we begin to do is we begin to take all of these experiences that we have, all of these things that, that we've gone through in life, and we begin to kind of develop this narrative or this story. And very quickly what happens is this story, it's how we begin to, to view life. This story kind of becomes the filter for how we view our life and, and additional situations that, that happen to us. Who we are really becomes filtered by what we've experienced. And here's what this looks like. Here's some examples of this. Because I've been hurt in the past, I'm not gonna trust anyone anymore. Since my parents got divorced, I'm not sure if I'm ever gonna be able to have a, a healthy relationship. Since I didn't make the team, I'm never gonna really put myself out there to try something new. Because I failed a class this semester, I'm not really that good at school. And instead of identifying these unhealthy and negative thought patterns and these stories that we tell ourselves, we begin to look for things that, that actually support our story. In psychology, it's what they call a, a confirmation bias, meaning we have the tendency to search for and interpret information that supports a, a pre-existing belief that we have our, about ourselves. We begin to, to look for facts and for people that support what we already think about ourselves. If you already think that, that you're bad at school because you failed a class, 
The next time you fail a test, that's going to further confirm what you already think about yourself, that you're bad at school. And this is a really slippery slope that, that we tend to experience. Because these unhealthy stories, what, what happens very quickly is they become a part of our identity. We tie our worth and our, our value to this perception that we have of ourselves, whether it's actually true or whether it's not. But listen, as a follower of Jesus, your identity is not defined by your experiences or a perception that, that you have of yourself. In John 1, chapter 12, it says this, Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. You see, our identity as followers of Jesus isn't rooted in anything that, that we do, isn't rooted in anything that, that we go through. It's not rooted in this perception that we have of ourselves. Our identity as followers of Jesus is rooted in the fact that we are already children of God. So I want you to consider this question in your own life. What is the story that, that your life is filtered through? What is this perception that, that you've developed of yourself? And have you bought into a story that, that's maybe not true? Maybe you've been through something in life and you think that that situation now defines you. You've gone through some type of hurt or frustration or, or maybe even a trauma and now you look at that situation as what defines you and what gives you value and identity and worth. But does that perception that you have of yourself, whatever it is, is it in line with what God says you are as a follower of Jesus? Is it in line with what scripture tells you where your identity should be rooted as a follower of Jesus? So the first category that we have is thoughts about ourselves. The second category of thoughts that I think many of us experience throughout the day is the thoughts that we have about other people. The thoughts that we have about other people. Now, most people, they tend to view relationships in one of two ways. How does this relationship benefit me? Or how can I benefit someone else in my relationships? And what happens is I know one question sounds better than the other. But when we lean too far in either one of those directions, we begin to develop some unhealthy thought patterns when it comes to other people. So I want you to think about the, the closest relationships that you have in your life. For many of you, it's your parents, it's your siblings, it's your friends. Some of you maybe have a mentor or someone that you look up to. But within each one of those relationships in your life, which category do you typically tend to lean to, towards? Do you lean towards how can I benefit from this relationship or how can I benefit others in this relationship? And if you're not sure which direction you lean, I want you to consider some of these questions. Do you place the needs of your family and friends higher than your own? Are you constantly thinking about what's best for yourself? Do you think about how you can manipulate others to get what you want? Are you quick to judge others and be critical of them? When making new friends, do you consider what they look like and how popular they are? Or do you consider the qualities that they could have that could benefit you? 
Are you skeptical of others and do you feel like everyone is out to get you? Are you willing to trust others and give them the benefit of the doubt? Do you place too much value in what others think about you? Now, I don't know about you, but some of those questions are extremely thought-provoking for me. And I couldn't answer some of those questions in the way that I would want to answer some of those questions. That's because this kind of thought category is the one that I struggle with most personally in my own life. You know, ever since I was little, I have always been a people pleaser. And when I have a bunch of relationships in my life, I want everyone to be happy with me. I don't typically like conflict. I don't want to be a part of it. And when people are upset and when people get frustrated, especially the people that are closest to me, I kind of take that on myself. I begin to, to feel responsible when, when people are, are frustrated and when they're upset. And I'll, oftentimes what I'll try and do is step in to help, to try and make peace, but it actually makes the situation 10 times worse. And I can become so consumed with, with pleasing other people and with what other people think of me that I can lean too far in the direction of how can I benefit other people. You see, there has to be this, this healthy give and take. We have to, to be able to, to benefit other people in our relationship, and we have to allow other people to be able to benefit us. So I want you to consider, how do you view, do you view others in your life? Do you look at other people, your friends, your family, do you look at other people as someone who can, as people who can solely benefit you, or do you look at others as, as someone that, that you can help? I would say if you lean too far in one of those directions, you're going to begin to develop some unhealthy thought patterns, not only about the people in your life, but also about yourself as well. So how do you view others in your life? And then finally, the, the last kind of category that I want you to consider tonight is this. How do you think about your circumstances? How do you think about the, the situations that, that happen to you in life? We've already talked about how our, our circumstances can impact how we view ourselves. But how do you typically view your circumstances? Do you have a positive mindset or do you have a negative mindset? When something happens in your life, do you generally think about it in a positive manner? Are you able to, to focus on the good, even if it's a bad situation? Are you thankful for what you've been given in life? Do you think everything works itself out? Do you have a glass half full kind of mindset? Or when, when a situation happens to you, do you swing the opposite direction? Do you have a generally negative mindset? Are you always thinking about worst possible scenario? Do you feel discontented? Do you feel like life is hard and it's only going to get worse? Do you have a glass half empty kind of mindset? You see, the way we view our circumstances is generally a really good reflection of the type of thoughts that we have. And if you have a generally negative mindset, if you would say that the majority of your thoughts are negative, then I would encourage you to really begin to evaluate some of the unhealthy thought patterns that might have developed in your life. 
So listen, as we close tonight, I want to leave you with, with a challenge for this week. I know movement weekend's coming up. I, I know we have a lot going on, but I want to leave you with a challenge. You guys ready? That was really sad. All right. Over the next week, over the next week, I want you to think about what you think about. Let me explain, let me explain. I want you to think about what you think about. So that means that I want you to begin to, to pay attention to the different thoughts that you have. I want you to begin to, to pay attention to the thoughts that come into and out of your mind. And I want you to begin to, to recognize and take a hard look at some of the unhealthy thought patterns that might exist in your life. To begin to, to pay attention to the things that, that we think about on a daily basis. Now listen, I know for some of you, this is completely new. And some of you have actually never stopped and taken the time to identify and recognize some of the thoughts that you have. But I actually think that when you do, when you stop and you take that time, that you'll be surprised at what you find. I think that, that you'll be surprised as to how many unhealthy and negative thought patterns exist in your life. I think you'll be surprised at the thoughts that you have that come into and out of your mind during the day that probably aren't God honoring. I think you'll be surprised when you finally understand that the significance that, that your thoughts have. You see, in order to, to master your mind, you first have to recognize your thoughts. We have to think about what we think about because our thoughts, they are powerful and our thoughts, they have the power to change our life, but only when we master our mind. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for each one of these students in this room tonight. And Father, I thank you for the fact that you have created all of us so uniquely and so individually. And God, you've given each one of us thoughts and a mind that you want to use for, for good in our life. But God, so often we get bogged down by these, these heavy thoughts, by these overwhelming thoughts, and it feels like we just become trapped. It feels like we can't get out and that we'll never be able to, to conquer our thought life. But Father, I thank you that, that your word speaks directly to the importance of our thoughts. It gives us examples of what we are to think about on a daily basis. And so Father, I pray that over the next few weeks that we would really begin to, to understand the significance and the power that our thoughts have. And God, in order to do that, the first step is that we have to recognize our thoughts. We have to be aware of the things that we think about on a daily basis. And we have to begin to recognize when we fall short and when these unhealthy negative thoughts exist in our life. Father, I thank you that, that you love us and that despite all of this, despite our mess ups and, and despite our, our negative thinking and our flawed thinking that you will still use us for your glory. And we thank you for that. It's in your name that we pray, amen.